Welcome to the Space in Between, episode 117, and today we're going to be sitting with Jennifer Pearson, and I really enjoyed listening to her story. I, I hope you do too. She really takes you through her own journey of the space in between and making new choices on her journey and what she now offers to the world, being one of them being breathwork. So if you've been curious about what breathwork feels like and sounds like in that experience, she, she walks us through a little bit of that too. And there's so many other beautiful nuggets of, uh, of her story and, and of wisdom in there. So I'm looking forward for you to hear what she has to share with you. And just before I pass it over to our, our guest in just a moment, a couple of things happening in Nomadland. Still, we are in Who Are You Becoming, our six-week program. You can go ahead and sign up right now and begin the six-week program where every week you get movement practices, guided meditations, journal prompts. Uh, expanded awareness practices that you can start to integrate into your life. So we take that image of what is bigger than ourselves and then start to see how we can manifest that and bring it into this realm, this reality, and really embody who it is that you want to become. And this can be very specific as you want to bring in new love into your life or a new opportunity in terms of your career path or maybe it's that you just want to shift a couple of things in how you are showing up in your world and different relationships. Wherever you are, if you're feeling stuck in some as aspect of your life, this will get you think of it as unstuck. So I would love to share that with you all. You can dive in right now and then join me on Mondays for live calls. So we have live calls at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where you can join me and the group and get a little bit of a one-on-one one, one -on -one session within the group where I we, we bring your, your places where you are getting stuck and feel you can't get stuck. And then I offer you specific practices to get you unstuck and, and get through those obstacles and really, really embody who it is that you are. So because we need you to be the fullest, most expansive you out there. So go ahead and visit nomadalwaysathome.com and go ahead and just check out what's new there. We have a new website we launched earlier this month and you can see everything else that's happening there, including uh, other practices like yoga practices, meditation programs. What else do we have? Well, you just have to go over and visit. And you can also, if you were listening the past couple of weeks of my self-discovery session, you can sign up there as well. Okay, enough of that. Let's go ahead and sit with Jennifer. All right, I'm here with Jen Pearson. Welcome to the space in between. Thank you. Happy yeah. to be here. Yes, and we just spoke for the first time a few moments ago. Uh, we connected on a Facebook group for podcasters, and and now here we are. And I am so excited to have you here because I'm really curious to learn about your story. I was reading on the website, your website today, about um, what you're offering in the world, and we can talk about that in a moment, but also just the story of how you got there. So you want to, first of all, where are you? What's going on in your world? What are you doing? Just, you sure. Know. That's a that's a loaded question. I know. Right There's now. a lot, yeah. especially during these days. <laughs> Everything is changing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
it was perfect when, you know, I saw your podcast and like the space in between. I'm like, I feel like that's where I've been for the past, you know, couple of years at least. And it's just, I feel like the whole world is in that space in between right now. We're all in this like transition period of trying to figure out what's normal. What, what do we want to keep from pre 2020? What do we want to take with us? What do we want to let go? And, you know, so we're all kind of in that in between. And the work that I do now is more spiritually based work. So I'm a spiritual coach, a shamanic breathwork facilitator, and a Reiki master. So I do energy work. I do coaching. I have a six-month program that helps you kind of find your inner guidance, you know, find your own connection. Um, And it is, it it was born out of the space between of when (laughs) I was trying to figure out what I was doing with my life, who I was, what was happening, you know, how I got to where I got to and like yeah. didn't recognize myself at a certain point. And um, through my own healing and through my own journey and process is how my current work was born, basically. I love it. So, you know, I was kind of that person who I think just tried to do everything right, tried to be a people pleaser, tried to follow the rules, you know, as a kid, just like, don't piss off my parents, you know, get good grades, stay out of trouble. And I had this idea of like what life was supposed to look like, you know, you're supposed to get married and have a house and have this happy life. And I always knew I was kind of on the outside edge of it. Like Mm -hmm. not everything resonated with me. I, you know, there were some things that I was like, I don't think that's for me, but other things that I thought were, and then later found out weren't, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) it was this whole doing the right thing and following the rules and just kind of going by the playbook until things started falling apart. You know, I was really unhappy in my job. I, my relationship, my marriage was falling apart. And I started realizing like none of the stuff that I had built up that was kind of how I identified myself was even, it didn't have any basis. The foundation was crumbling basically. And so my healing journey through alternative healing and through some, you know, um, conventional medicine therapy and stuff that came out of that. Like everything's crumbling. The, everything I thought was solid is not solid. Mm-hmm. Where do I go from here? Who am I if I'm not this person? And, you know, so I, I think I tried like every alternative healing method in the book, you know, and okay. I was, I started with therapy, but then I was going through, um, a local energy healer who a friend had recommended. And I was still really skeptical. I was always kind of drawn to the woo-woo stuff, but I didn't really know how much I trusted it or, mm-hmm. you know, who, and and I still, there's still people out there I definitely don't trust. And I think there's enough people in any field that are good at what they do and that yes. aren't. And if you start off with people who aren't, then you get a bad taste in your mouth and you figure no one else is good. Yeah. Uh, but this woman, when I went to her on my friend's recommendation was just amazing. And, you know, she was breaking through pieces of my psyche of my body of everything, you know, mind, body, and soul that I didn't realize I could connect to or hadn't connected to, um, pieces I didn't realize I had been neglecting and, you know, all how the body holds trauma. You know, one of the first things she did was kind of move my arm in a certain way and I just started bawling and I didn't even know why. And so I, I left that session going, okay, there's something to this. 
and it sparked my curiosity and it started me exploring. And then I just kind of explored everything. And so mm-hmm. I explored energy work and Reiki and um, craniosacral and EFT, like the tapping thing and, you know, just about anything that I could get my hands on, I tried. And at that point, some of it was just a desperate attempt for like, what's going to help heal me? What's going to help move me forward? How am I going to find who I am and purpose in moving forward? And some of it was just plain curiosity. Like I heard about this thing and it sounds cool. So now I'm going to check it out. And, you know, so I kind of, kind of went through a little bit of everything. And then as I started finding more inner healing and more growth and more connection to my intuition and more confidence in the woo woo stuff, it was like, it was really hard for me to integrate that into the life that I led that didn't have that prior. It was like leading two separate lives. There's like the woo woo life and all the people who do that stuff. And then there was like the regular life where (laughs) people got married and had kids and whatever. And like the two did not speak, they didn't understand each other. And you could almost be in one group and then mention something that was happening in the other. And they look at you like you just unzipped your skin and came out as an alien. Like, (laughs) Like who are you and what is this that you're talking about? So I really decided the more that I got into my own work that I really needed to focus on that aspect, you know, letting people know that if they grew up totally out of the woo-woo circle, that there are ways that they can integrate it, that it doesn't have to be scary, that it doesn't have to be so weird, and it is hard to explain it. So I like to find ways that people can experience it, that people can really feel it, because you don't believe it until you experience it in a lot of ways. Um, so long story to say that that's kind of how I found um, what I do now, just through my own healing, through my own journey, and then what worked for me and what I was drawn to, what I wanted to learn more about. I love it. Yeah. And so I, I'm really curious because what I read on your, your website was you were giving, you were giving all of us little clues of what you were experiencing as a child. You know, you were sensing things. You were feeling things in your body, but you sort of just denied it to, or you heard voices, outside voices, like your parents saying, oh, it's nothing, right? Can you speak to that a little bit more? And for those people who aren't at your website yet, can you share a little bit about that story as a child? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were a few stories and I think the one that I remember that I, I'm trying to remember what I have on my website now. Um, I can, I, I can remind empathy. you. <laughs> I can remind you for what. Um, I think we were talking about empathy. It was like a school lesson. We were learning about sympathy and empathy. And I was, my mom was like quizzing me. And I was saying, well, sympathy is when you like, somebody's going through something and you imagine how they feel and you can like um, show compassion or, you know, like be on their side with whatever they're going through. But empathy is when you feel what they feel. And my mom was like, well, say more about it. And she like kept trying to get me to change the definition. Mm. And she was like, you can't ever feel what somebody feels. And it was like this whole, I needed to be sat down and taught a lesson that that is not how empathy works. You cannot ever feel what people feel. And I had this like internal crisis as like a six or seven year old, you know, like, but I think I do that. But I think I do feel what other people feel. So if that's not what other people feel, what is that? because I don't think it's what I'm feeling. I think it's what they're feeling. And then it was just like, you had to, you know, you have to shut it down because it doesn't fit the construct. It doesn't make sense. And as a kid at that age, you know, 
mom knows everything. So it must be wrong. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's not so, a whole lot of critical thinking when you're that age. Yeah. What did she, I am curious to know, what did she say that empathy was? Uh, I think that her, her definitions of sympathy and empathy were very similar. Okay. And so I think she was just kind of saying like in empathy, you can put yourself in their shoes and imagine what it's like. And in sympathy, it was like a more disconnected, but I had a really hard time trying to figure out, like I couldn't make sense of it in my head with those definitions. Um, and it, yeah, there were things like that. And we, at that same age, the house that I was in at the time, was absolutely haunted and no one talked about it. And until I was in my 20s and I was telling some story completely unrelated and my dad brought up the story about something weird that had happened in that house. And I was like, okay, we're going to talk about this. (laughs) That house was definitely haunted. And they were like, what? And then as I started telling like my experiences and memories of things as a kid that again, as a kid, it was completely normal. Like, doesn't everybody have an old man that lives in their basement that you talk to and you play Barbies, you know, like (laughs) you don't know the difference until someone tells you yes or no. And so a lot of that stuff, I think that we like learn and unlearn. And then when you, when it becomes ingrained in you to a certain degree, it's hard to like release it or yeah. trust something different. And that's where that, that, that kind of journey comes. Yeah. And you remembered it. And then there was another story you were talking about your elbow and it sounded like you, yeah. you addressed it as an adult later on. Yeah. That was that when I was just telling the story about the energy worker, when she moved my arm and it was like, I just started crying and there was yeah. this release and I still don't it have went a back. full understanding of that. Yeah. But you went back I, to middle school, right? Yeah. It happened in middle school and I just woke up one day and I had really reduced um, range of motion on my right arm. And it was weird. We didn't know what happened. It hurt a little bit. I couldn't move it right. And my mom trusted that, you know, something was wrong, but she didn't know what was wrong. And we went to the doctor and they told us it was one thing. And then we went back for follow up and they told us it wasn't that. And I needed to see a specialist and the specialist basically told my mom that I was faking it for attention. Mm. And the next specialist said there was nothing wrong with me and everything was fine. And and the range of motion was still normal, even though it was different from the other arm. So he wasn't going to do anything with it. And it was probably just for attention. And so when we had to go to one more, my mom was like, just tell them you fell down ice skating, like (laughs) pretend (laughs) something happened so that maybe they'll take you seriously. Cause she could tell that, you know, something was really wrong, Yeah, but we didn't know what, and we never did really find out what, but it, you know, if I had to guess now, I would say it was a lot of that, you know, it was right around the time of hitting puberty and entering high school and lots of like stress and fear of future. You know, if you're looking at it from an energy work perspective, the chakras are, you know, they're reflected throughout the body. Mm-hmm. So you have your seven main chakras but that heart chakra is going to be reflected in the knees, in the elbows, and the knees kind of are that heart of the past, and the elbow is that heart of the future. Yeah. So at that time in my life, future fears and you know what was life going to be were intense. And so really, if I had to think about it now, I would guess that that was just a physical manifestation of all that energy and all that that fear that I had. Yeah. And um, 
feeling like I couldn't be myself and where was I going to go? And I remember there being a lot of stuff around high school, like maybe I can reinvent myself in high school, you know, it'll be something different. And, and, you know, so I think it was probably a lot of that stuff that, that just got held by the body and stored as trauma and pain and all that lovely stuff we do to ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. So you had, yeah, so you were very in tune, it sounds like as a child, but you had these voices like your parents supportive, but just not kind of knowing any better and how to handle what, what you were, you were experiencing, it sounds like. And there was a yeah, little bit Yeah, there was of, no one to put it into context. Yeah. 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 And then you said you just put it away and went to this timeline of getting married and having a good job and settling down, as you said. So what were you doing? What was the path? What did that path look like? I, I still am an audiologist, so okay. I still, you know, test hearing and fit hearing aids and okay. have not quite left the total financial security of that okay. <laughs> one day, maybe, but not yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to, through graduate school for that. Um, didn't stray too far from home. You know, I grew up in Maryland and I went to school in Maryland and uh, did my graduate work in Washington, D.C. And I made all of my decisions like based on 30 years in the future. So well, I would <laughs> rather go to this school because my student loans won't be as big and I'll still yeah. have a really good basis and it has a good uh, reputation. And, you know, this I can learn X, Y, Z or whatever. Everything was like very forward planned, very like by the book. And these are the ways to set myself up for success. And I was notoriously unsuccessful in romantic relationships and it was like a running joke with friends and I finally met somebody that I really liked and we hit it off and I think there were even some inklings when we were dating that maybe it wasn't perfect but we went and got married and we were together for like 11 years before I found out that he really was not the person that I thought he was and that started the whole do we stay together? Because I was still in this mode of, you know, that's the rules. We got married. And so we should Mm -hmm. stay married. And how much of it is me being selfish and how much of it is me taking care of myself? And, you know, where do those commitments, um, where's the line in those commitments? And so it it came down in that really is what spurred the whole self-development growth process. Okay. You know, who am I? Where are my boundaries? Where are my values? What do I who am I at the core, not who am I by the book? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear what you were saying about your elbow when you were in middle school, being that forward thinker. And now like as an adult, you are still that, you know, I have to go to this school for 30 years, my, you know, planning it out. And then when, when was that time that you went to the healer to release, release it? Was that around this time of your It was a little before that. So I think that had kind of like opened the door to that alternative healing before that point. Um, That was probably not too long after I moved to Asheville. So maybe 15-ish years ago. Yeah. Um, Just because I was interested because my friend made it sound so cool. And I was like, well, I kind of want to check it out. I'm just curious. And it just cracked you right open in that elbow in your whole life, it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it really was what kind of opened the door to me being able to say like, well, there, there is something else out there. And then the more I learned about it, the more I was like, 
familiarity in those senses that I had as a kid and kind of, you know, doing inner child work on top of it because now I'm saying, oh, okay, here's those things that you couldn't play with when you were a kid and now you can play with them. And so that I think is, is healing in that way too. That's so beautiful. So you, you did, you got cracked right open and then that sounds like it started to quit. You started to question everything that you knew to be true in that world with your marriage and your career path. So was there a moment where you took a leap? You said you're still somewhat straddling that world and with your career, but um, was there a moment or was it over time But as you dove into this, you know, this self-healing journey or? It was, I would say it was over time, but the, the big moment that made me say, like, I really need to start in motion saying goodbye to this, like, quote unquote, normal life and Mm -hmm. take on this more intuitive soul driven life is I was going through therapy. I was going through all that stuff and trying to like decide what was I going to do in my marriage. And the theme of shamanism was coming up a lot and shape shifting and being that shape shifter who can walk between the worlds, who can, you know, go to work on Monday and then be this divine goddess and, you know, do all of these things and, and put it all together. And so shamanism was coming up a lot. And then the breath work, working with the breath and my, my energy healer that I was going to, you know, she was like, half the time you're on the table, I feel like I just need to tell you breathe. And so (laughs) I literally had a, an alarm set on my phone on my lunch break for like a year that just said meditate. And I changed it to just say, breathe, like just take these deep breaths. (laughs) Like you're getting anxious. You're not taking the time to like actually breathe. And I saw a flyer at a local yoga studio that said it was like a breathwork, shamanism, immersion, something or other. And I was like, well, this sounds like everything that's been, you know, on my radar and showing up and I should go check it out. And I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So I went to the thing and it was like this two or three hour event and there's music and there's breath work. You do this certain breath pattern. And, you know, it, it was this incredibly intense experience. It was like almost being on a drug trip or something that was like nothing I've ever naturally experienced. And I had no idea. And then I was like thrown back to that little, like I'm having this experience and no one can put it into context for me. When it ended, it was like, I I was trying to, you know, what, what do I do with this? What just happened? And Mm -hmm. the facilitators were like, Oh, that's, that's cool. That's cool. You had that experience. And so I'm like, okay, I'm putting my foot down now because I'm an adult and I can critically think at this point. And I know I had this experience and I know that there is something to it. And I know that this is something I want to explore more. So I need to find somebody who can teach it and and put it into context. Like, this is a thing. How do I find out about it? And so that was a year or two journey of finding someone who could explain what was happening, who could help with it. And so the reason I became a shamanic breathwork facilitator is because shamanic breathwork is a specific kind of breathwork. Mm -hmm. It's put together by Linda Starwolf. And so it combines a couple different kinds of breathwork and shamanic teachings. And it, it does the whole breathwork process. So you still have that incredible, crazy experience with music and the breathing. But when you're done, there's time for art and processing so that you ground it, you integrate it, and it makes sense. And you you have that ability to not just be like, okay, I just had this crazy experience. And now I'm like left hanging or out in the yeah. world, like you can really integrate it and, and bring it in. And so to me, that was was the biggest part of shamanic breathwork from other breathworks that I wanted to really be part of. 
Yeah, I think yeah. that's so important. So, something like the shamanic breath work, and um, I haven't done plant medicine, but what I've witnessed with people who've done plant medicine, if there's not like an anchor, like you said, there's not that period of integration. Um, yeah, it can be, you can feel very lost and, and kind of what you felt as a child of, I had these experiences and I don't know what to do with. So, so right. you have this space, you have this container, as you said, what, what does that look like for people who don't know, um, what the arc of this breath work looks like? And then what you were saying, what anchors you, what integrate, how does it look integrated? Can you explain that a little bit more for somebody who hasn't? So it, if you do a shamanic breathwork session, you know, when you do it in person, it's a little different right now. We're all doing everything on Zoom. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the Zoom sessions are nice because I can work with people who can't come here, you know, even in, in on a good day. But when you're in person, there's like the energy of the room adds to it, too. Yeah. But basically. Basically, what you do in either way is you've got music that you're listening to really loud. I usually tell people if they're on Zoom and they're controlling the volume, get it just about to that point where you're like, I can't hear my thoughts because I don't want <laughs> yeah. you to hear your thoughts. I yeah. want you to be like taken away. And so yeah. the goal is to reach an altered state of consciousness, kind of like a dream state. Yeah. So it is, I mean, it's similar from, I haven't done plant medicine either, but what other people tell me, it's similar to plant medicine journeys, the, yeah. the way that you reach that altered consciousness. But the nice part is you didn't have to be on a diet for a month or, you know, take all of these, it, it, you didn't have to go to Costa Rica, like you're here yeah. <laughs> in your bedroom doing this breath work. And the whole session is about two hours. So the music is chakra activating. It's meant to shake up whatever you need to get rid of, to invite whatever you need to bring in for each chakra center so that you can, you're kind of activating your own healing. Mm -hmm. And then the breath pattern is a circular breath in and out, in and out without a break between it. And so that breath pattern helps to put you into an altered state of consciousness naturally. And then the music helps to kind of carry it. So even if you're not doing the breathing the way you think you're supposed to, like you really can't do it wrong, you're going to reach some altered state of consciousness. And in that altered state, you're able to access your own inner guidance and your own inner healer and find what you need in that moment, whether it is just to you know, have peace and stillness for an hour or whether it is to throw the pillows and kick and scream and, you know, yell at whatever for an hour, you know, you, you're going to have this, this release and, and you may have this whole journey of like, I kicked and screamed and then I saw this eagle and I went soaring through the, you know, like you, you can have these really visual experiences. You can have very physical experiences. It's different for every person and it's different on every journey. So it really is something to experience because it's hard to kind of explain and there's no saying well on this journey you're going to feel x yeah. y and z because you never know and everyone's journey is so personal and so um specific to what's happening in their life at that moment so you have about an hour that you're listening to this music and and doing this breathing and when it's all over and done with you know, think about like if you take a really hard nap in the afternoon and you wake up and you have that moment of kind of like, oh, I'm in my room, like you're just kind of disoriented, <laughs> yeah. like you're yeah. still kind of altered. Yeah. And so you want to be able to ground that. And so what we do first is an art process and you kind of draw a picture. And I say it's like a, it's like a snapshot of your brain on breath work, but you mm -hmm. want to kind of put down anything you want to remember from that journey, whether it's a saying or an image or you know if you're like me it's a couple stick people representing something but mm -hmm. it's not it doesn't have to be good art it just has to be representative of your journey 
And after you have a couple of minutes to draw and sort of ground a little bit, then we talk about it one-on-one or in a group, you know, what, what was the journey for you? What happened for you? Where's your questions? And just in that process of kind of talking it out as a facilitator, you can help the person kind of go through, well, here's the symbolism of what that might mean, or let's look a little deeper into what this thing is or, you know, whatever um, piece you are in your life. So you can kind of help contextualize sometimes if the, if the person's really lost. Um, but sometimes they, they kind of know what's going on and just talking about it helps them to kind of ground it, get out of that altered state so that when they go home or when they go on to the next part of their day, they're not still in that, wait, am I in my room? What's happening? Just woke up kind of crazy feeling. So really the process is to help you think about it and help you integrate it and help you make, you know, sense of it all in a way. Yeah. It's like almost like a dream analysis. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you turn to your partner and tell them everything that that, all the weird things that happen or you write it in your journal, right? Yeah, totally. It's very similar to dreaming for a lot of people. Yeah, you just have these crazy experiences and, and can access pieces, you know, that that might be scary to access in normal consciousness, but in that altered consciousness, it doesn't seem so scary. Just like in it, I was saying, telling someone the other day, I said, you know, you have a dream and you're like, oh, I was like snuggling with this leopard and we were like (laughs) right next to each other. But in real life, you would never get that close to a leopard, but you can have these kinds of experiences. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's kind of cool. It is very, it's very cool. And, you know, I've, the, I've done, I, I lead uh, breath work as well with, with my movement practice that I lead. And um, what I've been coming to realize is that we have, you know, through also just studying the Akashic records is how we have our own clairvoyance or clairaudio or claircognizant. Um, there are so many different way, gifts of seeing or feeling and and I think that's, have you been finding that that's how people can tap into what their intuitive awareness, you know, awareness is, is if they're having visions in the breath work or if they're actually feeling sensations in their bodies, are you seeing? Yeah. When I do groups, that's a big thing to kind of go through because there's like journey envy. Yeah. You know? yeah. One person is like, I was on the back of an eagle and I was soaring over the land and yeah. I could see the mountains. And then we were over the water and somebody else is like, all I did was punch pillows for an hour. And this bitch was just flying with yeah. the eagles and they get into this like weird, jealous thing. But yeah. it's like, well, you could have soared with the eagles, but what would that have done? Like go watch a movie if you want to escape, like you're yeah. doing your own work and your work's different than hers. And you, spirit is going to come through you and however you're going to understand it. Yeah. And so if you're going to understand it by how it physically feels in the body, that's the way you're going to get it. If you're going to understand it by what it looks like, then that's how you're going to get it. If you're going to understand it by just, you know, waking up and going, aha, I have this thought today, then that's how you're going to get it. And so for some people, it's, it's easier for them if they are clairaudient or they are clairvoyant to say, this is an image or this is a sound from spirit and it's separate from mine. Whereas those people who are like clairsentient, where they just have the, the thought just kind of pops into their head, mm-hmm. that, that process has probably been happening forever. And so they just assumed that was how their head works. And yeah. so it's harder to, you know, separate was that mine or is that spirit and really it's all I mean it's all everything anyway but you know it it is they people who've done it always naturally have a harder time because they think they're not doing it yeah (laughs) it's so true 
But yeah, then you say you have that experience of like, oh yeah, I was flying with the eagles and it's like, oh, well that that's not that's not hearsay. <laughs> right. Like having that vision is not normal to other people, but that's what your normal is. Yeah. Right. So we all find right. our ways and and it is it's like turning a light on to acknowledging, you know, what you're experiencing as a child and or or maybe you closed that off and now you're reconnecting with it as you did in your journey. Um, yeah. yeah, for me, the breath work is something that just really simply opens that up for people mm-hmm. in surprising ways sometimes. I mean, that yeah. I've tried with people in energy work and, and meditation and other things who, when they come in, they say like, I, I'm kind of skeptical, but I'd like to be more intuitive. Like I'd like to be more open to it. Breath work is really hard. I find to not open up to. Like yeah. you just, it's going to hit you. Yeah. If you're doing the breathing and you're listening to the music, it's going to hit you um, most often in a surprising way. So not always in the ways that you would expect or choose or want it to, but it does. You know, I've had clients who are like, I know there's something to it, but I'm super skeptical. And then after like their second or third breath work, they're like, well, when this guide sat down next to me and they said, da, 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 and they have like these whole stories. And I'm like, all right, don't tell me that you're not intuitive. Don't tell me that you can't get guidance, you know, on yeah. what you need because you're clearly getting it. Yeah. Yeah. So we all, we all kind of convince ourselves that things aren't always, um, as good as they are. Yeah. I think we downplay things a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you alluded to this when we first started speaking of, you know, how we're all in this space in between right now, but you've been in this space in between for the past few, you know, this handful of years through this, this journey of yours. Um, Can you speak to where we're all together, you know, this past year and how maybe your work has um, been a service to people or is how it's transformed for yourself? Yeah, my work changed completely in the past two years. You know, I had kind of a hobby business doing energy work in Reiki. um, And I was learning the shamanic breath work. And really because of COVID and my job being on furlough for a little while, I had the opportunity to actually attend the breath work facilitator training that I couldn't have two weeks off to go and, you know, stay there and do before. Um, So that opened up a lot there. And I had kind of found a point even before COVID where, even though my business wasn't a really like big thriving business, it was just kind of on the side to keep my sanity while I was in my other job, you know, Mm -hmm. and learn the practice of it. I started noticing it was dropping off. So even clients that had been regular clients, um, people, they just weren't rescheduling or people who had come in and I was kind of having this moment of, there's so much other stuff going on in my life. Is it just that I need time to focus on that? And then it started to feel like, no, I think I just need to reimagine and refocus where I'm going to go with this business. I feel like it could be something bigger. I feel like it could be something that I can put more attention and energy into, but I had no idea really what it was going to be until COVID hit. And then it was like, oh, suddenly I have 4,000 ideas for how I can move this online and these programs I can offer and these things that people want and, you know, are asking for. And really when COVID hit, there was like this collective anxiety and people were starting to see that they can feel the collective energies. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they weren't affected by COVID directly. They weren't sick. They didn't know someone who was sick, but they were at home and they were sitting still 
which is the best time to start receiving that guidance, guidance and that intuition. And they were starting to say, you know, I feel really afraid or I feel really sad right now. And I don't know why I feel so sad. You know, I, I get that I, I'm worried that this, that I might get sick or that someone I love might get sick, but why am I so sad? Mm-hmm. And they started to realize they could, could actually pick up on that collective energy and have that like actual empathy where you can feel that the world is feeling these emotions. And so I I did, I started my um, online part of my business in, I want to say April or May. And I started with like a five day thing about empathy and, you know, for people who identify themselves as empaths, how can you keep your energy clear and powerful and not shut your energy down without having to take on everyone else's energy. So kind of like how to cleanse and how to set good boundaries and that kind of stuff, because there was such a need for it at that time that that's where it started. And then, and then built from there. I love it. That was kind of my, my in between, but I think everybody's been in between because life is is just got shaken up. So people are either in different jobs or noticing that I think we had time to sit still And like I said, that's when that inner voice comes in. And so then we start to say, well, okay, where are my values? Where are my priorities? What does make me happy? Yeah. You know, where am I going to invest my time and energy? And so we're all kind of, or a lot of us are in that in-between of where we were, where we're headed, how we're making it happen and, and trying to find that balance of, you know, what we had and what we want and where we're going next. Yes. Where are we going next? Wherever the wind takes us. Who knows? (laughs) I have one thing I learned in 2020. It's don't plan too far ahead because if you plan too far ahead, it is going to be just like torn down, ripped out and turned upside down. Like forget it. Yeah. So if you hadn't learned that lesson back in middle school and then when you released it, it's here it is right right now. Yeah, you know, you life again. goes in that like spiral pathway yes. and we get those same lessons at different points and on yeah. different, you know, it might have been the beginner lesson before and now it's the advanced lesson, but it's that same kind of yeah. lesson. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that I, I'm sure it will come up for me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now you're saying you said you were furloughed for a little while, but you, you are working again in your, your other fields. Yeah. Yeah. So we closed for like two and a half months in the summer because we couldn't get enough gloves and sanitization products and all that stuff to open safely. Um, And then when we opened up again, we've just been like slammed busy. So, okay. So are you feeling definitely straddling? Okay. You are still straddling and it sounds like full force even more because they're so busy in that field, but then you just cultivated this beautiful offering and it sounds like people are really receptive to it right now. So you're straddling it to like an umph degree. Yes. Yes. Until I, until I can release my own, you know, fears and insecurities and all that good stuff and stability things, you know, it's, it's nice to feel like there is a stable basis, even though I know it can go away just like any of those other stable bases that did before. So, you know, it's, it's just in time I will, find my breaking point when I say enough is enough and here's where I'm going to focus. Yeah. yeah. So that is your, your hope for yourself is that you'll take the leap. Yeah, I will. Yeah. There are plans in motion. There's stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, good. So, and so that's what your life looks like now. So it sounds like you did end a marriage and 
I did. You yeah. Made a move. I did and, and have committed more to the healing and to that personal growth kind of stuff and really embraced more of that woo-woo self that I hid for so long. And, yeah. uh, you know, when I first really started into that, like I said, you know, you talk to one person and it's like they suddenly they think you're an alien. <laughs> I would have friends who had known me for years, you know, 10, 15 years. And I would say, you know, oh, I'm going to take this shamanic breathwork class and here's what shamanic breathwork is. And they're like, um, you're going to what? <laughs> they want to like step back. Now they're not sure they want to talk to you. Like, have you just lost your mind? What's wrong with you? And so it's just kind of funny to see the friends that stick with you and the friends that go away. And when I moved everything online and started opening up, you know, offering different kinds of services, I had people that I hadn't really talked to since high school, yeah. send me messages and be like, Oh my God, why didn't we talk about this? 20 years ago you know yeah. we, we have these things in common that we all just kind of like hid and yeah. you know we're afraid to talk to and so the more I have those experiences the more I say like screw it if you think I'm crazy you think I'm crazy but I think I'm pretty normal and I have a basis in science and I have this you know drawn to this woo-woo side and I can marry the two and still be kind of skeptical but still be open and still be receptive and have those you know those two things play together and, well, uh, you know, yeah. uh, the more I say it and open it, the more people feel open to say it too. you know, destigmatize it, take it out of hiding, get it out of the closet. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, uh, you know, when you were first just trying it out, there was the insecurities. So you, they were reflecting that, right? They were reflecting back your insecurities. And now some of those people have fallen away, it sounds like. And you are really still standing there. You know, that could have been that pivotal moment where it thought, like your parents, you know, telling you to just, you know, put that away. And that could have been that pivotal moment where you said, you know what, they're right. This is too weird, you know, but you really stood in it. And now it sounds like you have a community that embraces you. And, um, and I think that that's really, you know, what makes you probably who you are as, you know, as a, as a healer and as a teacher, because you were the skeptic. And so you can really speak to, those other skeptics in a way that, you know, that they might not resonate with somebody else who's just sort of far out there um, in the woo-woo land, as you said. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I think, and especially living in a town like Asheville, where yeah. there is a lot of woo-woo in the town, you know, when I moved here, it was like a really big hippie town. And yeah. so you would meet one person and it, it was a weird balance at the time. It's changed some now, but it was like, there's a lot of medical facilitator facilities. So there mm. were a lot of like medical professionals. And then there were a lot of people who were like, I came here because my grandmother's spirit called to me in a dream. And I had never heard of Asheville, but I just knew I needed to move here and I had no money and no place to live. And like, just the, you know, all this yeah. kind of like floaty in the clouds, super yeah. ungrounded. And then you have this other person who's like, if you can't show me that A plus B, you know, yeah. it was complete opposites trying to like share the town. And so to me, I'm always drawn towards, like I'm drawn to the woo woo, but I'm not drawn to the people who are completely ungrounded. Yeah, Like you have to have some sort of like groundedness and that's always been important in who I chose as healers and teachers and people that worked with me. And I think that that's what sets me apart. And you know, the people who are drawn to me are drawn to that. Like, okay, yes, I do want to be a divine goddess, but I still have to go to work on Monday. So <laughs> let's figure out how we can do both of those. Yes. And you know, you can kind of straddle that. I love it. Yeah. So it sounds like you found the perfect town where you can straddle these two worlds. 
it, it, I think that it definitely taught me a lot about how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, just a side note. Do you know about Violet Owl? That's where I did that shamanic okay. um, experience the first time. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So I connected with her. Um, that's what I was saying. I was supposed to go to Asheville a second time and, and was going to bring my movement practice there. And we were, she was trying to hook me up with different breath workers. Um, and we were going to do a whole event, but then it got canceled because of COVID. But now I know a shamanic breathwork practitioner there. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to collaborate when when the time comes. We'll talk later. Yes, we will. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Definitely. That's so cool. Would love to. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I know not to say like, let's just plan the future of Jen Pearson, but we're, where are you feeling you are going to be called? Are you going to stay online? Uh, are you feeling like even if we go back to quote unquote normal, do you feel like this is a place that you want to stay or is it that you want to come back to one on to being with people or, or both? What does that look like for you? What are you envisioning? Both. I mean, both is, is where I would ideally be. I, I love the online community that has been building up mm-hmm. around the work that I do. And I don't want to just like, be like, okay, see ya. We're going to be back in person now. And yeah. there it connects with people all over the world. You know, I've got people in Scotland, I've got people in New Zealand. And, and so it's amazing to have that like connection that I can't have if I'm just working out of my home or an office in Asheville. Um, but I know that like the one-on-one hands-on healing sessions, I really love to do. I know they're not the most profitable. I know that they don't, you know, you can't like do hundreds of them in a day, but I love to do them. And so I don't want that to completely go away. Um, and you know, there's also reach and stuff that I have like grand plans of at some point I would love to do something with the the elemental cycles of transformation and breath work and cooking and put it kind of all together because to me that's like grounding it and making it woo woo and it's like all the things that I love in one retreat and so there's there's plans for that someday but there's nothing concrete at this point that's all just you know letting the universe piece some things together before it gets gets made Yeah. yeah oh that's so beautiful well, good. I hope everything comes to fruition for you. It sounds like you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good. Just keep moving. That's yeah. the way it goes. You yeah. Know, and, and not getting, I'm trying to not get too attached. You know, I love the way things are, but the, the way things are right now, I couldn't even have envisioned a year ago. So just kind of being open to that constant creation kind of thing and, and seeing where, where it leads. Yeah, I agree. You know, this podcast before the pandemic, my only rule about it was that we had to meet in person so that we would have this one-on-one connection where we could look into each other's eyes. And and then, you know, I had to rethink everything. You know, is this podcast just going to be me talking then? Um, and that sounded kind of boring. I don't need to hear, you know, people don't hear, do you, you need to hear my voice over <laughs> every, every week. So we, I did, you know, pivoted and, and brought it online. And I have to say, even in Zoom, it's been a really beautiful experience because now I get to talk to you. You're in Asheville and we wouldn't have met if it weren't for, for this experience through, you know, Facebook and that group that we were both in. But uh, yeah, it's been yeah. it's been quite a journey on this end too of just seeing what's possible. Yeah, it's wild yeah. how 
bigger our circles have become in some ways, you know, meeting people we never would have met or connected with or taken the time to talk to, but then also how much we have kind of like shrunk into ourselves in a way. I mean, I don't want to say shrunk because I feel like we've expanded, but we've taken that time to like be with ourselves and to be quiet and have that alone time that, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with, but we need, that's part of that transformation. That's part of that growth process. And so I feel like we've kind of had this weird way to have both, um, whether we love it or hate it. It's that's the way it's been. I am with you on that. I was just talking to somebody today about how I actually don't mind. I love being a hermit (laughs) I really love you know it's cold I can hear the wind right now there's no reason why I want to be outside uh yes so you know I spent a lot of today by myself and now I get to talk to you who is a different state uh but I am you know we're both embracing it but I would just um want to know if there's something that you want to share with the people that aren't feeling so comfortable about this this time, even as we're approaching a year, and probably by the time we release this, it will have already been a year in lockdown. So is there anything of your own, you know, guidance, your wisdom that you could pass on um, to somebody who's not feeling so comfortable in these times? Yeah, it's tough for some people. I'm, I'm an introvert. So I'm like you, I'm that one who's like, what do you mean? You don't want to just sit under a blanket for a whole day? Like, that sounds amazing. And but I have friends who like they, they thrive on that interpersonal connection and zoom doesn't cut it. They can't hug you over zoom. They can't, you know, touch your arm. They can't, you know, cheers with a beer or whatever it is. And they're really feeling depressed and they're really feeling like it's not there. And, you know, I, I try and help people focus on, what you have and what you're gaining instead of what you've lost. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the more we focus on what I don't have, what I can't do, what I, what I wish I could have done, what, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, we're putting ourselves in that lower vibration of lack. And then we're just like the anxiety gets bigger and the stress gets bigger and the fear gets bigger because when's it going to end? When can I have that one thing that I want? And so it's a matter of like trying to shift focus, Mm -hmm. which isn't always easy, but trying to shift focus onto like, okay, well, I can't go out and I can't do X, Y, and Z, but at least I can talk to somebody. You know, if I need somebody, I know that there's someone across the world at any time of day that I can flip on Zoom and they'll be there and here even if I just need to bitch about something for 10 minutes. Like someone's going to be there to do it or I can FaceTime or, you know, whatever it is. And that kind of connection, I think people are more open to um, than they were before. Or, you know, what did I learn this year? You know, like suddenly I'm a master baker because I've been at home (laughs) baking bread for six months or, you know, whatever it is. And just trying to like bring some humor into it, bring some joy, you know, yes, yes, that thing that you can't have right now might be always what brings you the most joy. And it might be like just incredible when you can do that again. But where can you make your heart sing now? You know, what do you need? What can you find? within these four walls, that's going to make your heart sing. And, you know, it's, it's an exploration piece. It's a piece where you kind of have to really look within and some people do that easier than others. And it just takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that vision, what you were just saying of, you know, bringing joy into their lives and the four walls. And, but then also really when you go back to the normal of having those things in your life again, how much more you're going to cherish those, right? That you might've taken, they might've brought you joy, but you just 
also took advantage of it too, because that's what you did on Saturdays as you went off and, you know, right. Did whatever it was that you did go shopping or whatever. And now yeah. you can't. Yeah. So um, everything is, you know, everything is, is whole. And that's part of that straddling the world too. Everything is light and dark. You know, you can't have light without the shadows. You can't have shadows without the light. And so embracing the both and embracing the whole piece of it is what makes it important and is what makes that light so wonderful and so brilliant and so radiant and so you know expansive and so much to be cherished is because that shadow is there and remembering that everything is temporary so everything is temporary and and it'll change and it'll evolve and start thinking of how you would like it to evolve instead Mm -hmm. of how you wouldn't like it to be right now yeah uh, we had Alexander John Shia on. I don't know if you know of him, but he's a beautiful spiritual teacher. And he was talking about this word radiance to get, actually get rid of the word light be- and use the mm. word radiance because it holds everything. It holds the light and the dark. So yeah, I'm, that's a word that I am now working into my vocabulary <laughs> more and more. I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So is there anything? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I like it too, because it, 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 in my head, when I hear radiant, I picture expansion. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear light, it could just be like one little tiny candle flame or like a beam of light. But when I hear radiant, I just picture like a big and expansive and wonderful. Yes. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's cool. I like it. Yes. Well, cool. Is there anything else that you want to share, Jen, before we begin to wrap things up? Any other stories or... I, hmm, off the top of my head, I feel like I'm, I'm put on the spot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we, okay. we went through a bunch of stories. We did. No, I mean, I, every week I try and go live in my Facebook group okay. with little stuff. So whether it's a, a meditation or a shamanic journey, I don't do the breath work on there because that's like a two hour thing, yeah. but you know, a drum journey maybe, or, um, just tips. Like today we talked about, finding stillness you know people are struggling with like sitting still and being quiet like you have that point in in your transformation where you need to you know the caterpillar is done but you're not quite a butterfly so you have to have that point in between where you're you're still and you're resting and, and marinating into what will become and so each week there's something new there's something different and people can kind of post in the group and ask questions you know like this week I'm really struggling with boundaries can we please talk about that on Friday or whatever it is and so it's kind of a nice way to to touch base with everybody on Fridays and then that's where I put all my like when courses are opening and things all that information comes out in that group too cool well good and you can find it through your website I think I saw that there or do you want to let them know what the group name you can Yeah, the group name is Shine Every Day. So okay. if you do facebook.com slash group slash shine every day, you'll find okay. it because that's the goal is that we're shining our light. We're shining every day and we keep it going. And so it was meant as kind of like a way to spread joy and bring that practice into our lives so that we're not um, not just shining for a week and then forgetting about it. Yeah. And um, what is your website so people can find you? It's lightenyourspace.com. So my business is called Lighten Your Space. And um, I started that because I just kind of wanted everybody. I mean, really the focus of everything. Yes, it's that that straddling both worlds of the woo-woo and the normal life and putting that stuff together. But it really started with just a way to like lighten your heart, lighten yourself, lighten your, you know, everything about you. Just bring in more joy, bring in, in more happiness and not 
not pushing away the dark pieces and not pushing away the shadow, but, but really just embracing and, and focusing on the joy. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been such a joy to have you and to, to get to meet you and share you with the world, our little nomad world. So again, thank you so much. It's been, thanks for, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be part of it. It was fun. Definitely. Well, we'll have to do it again and maybe we'll do an in-person event together when, when things shift down there that would in Asheville. That would be spectacular. Yes. That would be really cool. I would love that. I know. Or up in Shepherdstown because I can stay with my sister right across the way. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wild. I know. Yeah. I don't have much of a community here yet, but we'll we'll see when, when the time comes. It's a, it's a tough area for the woo-woo community, I would say. Yeah. Well, and I just moved here and I don't think I shared that with you, but I just, I just came down here in May during the pandemic to be close to my family. So um, you know, I've, I've been sort of just in quarantine since I've been here. <laughs> so I don't know. I many should, oh, yeah, I should hook you up with my sister. Cause so then you have someone, she's always looking for friends like nearby that she can relate to. And she's like, everyone is just like married with 10 kids and I don't have anything to talk to them. About. I love it. Okay. Well, we'll connect <laughs> offline, but I would love to, I'm, I'm, I'm in this business of making friends in this area. So I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jed. Thank you. This was fun. So I hope you enjoyed our time with Jennifer. It was such a pleasure to be able to connect with her and in this way. And uh, yes, if you if this episode resonated with you and you want to share it to somebody else who could benefit of, from Jennifer's story and what she's offering into the world, share this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, leave a review or leave some good stars there. Just share the love. And we would be very, very grateful that you did. And if you want to dive into more of what we're offering at Nomad, go ahead and visit Nomad always at home.com. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful, beautiful day.